Hello and welcome back to Energy Extra Time for another episode of Engaged, Unfiltered and Analytical Football Debate from Scotland and the wider world of the beautiful game. The Champions League is back, the old firm are set for another Europa League adventure and there's another packed weekend of Scottish football to come. I'm Sean McGill and joining me to discuss all this and more is my usual co-host Cameron Wonstall alongside two men making their long-awaited return to the show, Struan Garvey and Taylor Murray. How are we gentlemen? Yeah, I'm good. Excited to be back on extra time. Thanks for having me. No bother at all. Back, back the bit on the best show on Energy Sport, and someone is phoning me. Shut up. Thank you. Um, Taylor, how are you? Because you were very excited when I saw you on Monday in the in the Radio Energy Studio. Are you as excited today? Oh, yeah, I'm still excited. This it's got to keep being like this until you know, till we hit the pitches on Sunday, and then I'm brought back down to earth as soon as Livy. Beat his one now at home. So. Well, there's Europa League tonight, don't you worry? Rangers oh, can bring uh, you down much quicker Europa, than that. Yeah, Europa League's a training game for Rangers. Honestly, it's just, they, they breeze him. I'm saying that and we'll go to lose, but Gerard knows how to do in the Europa League. I'm not even worried when it comes to that. I just, I believe. So, this is going to be one business done back for Livy, a hard game at home for Livy, because I feel like they'll probably pose a bigger threat than what Celtic did. And Cameron, you're, you seem a bit grumpy today. What's wrong? Just tired, mate. That's it. Just tired. I'll wake myself up during the show. I wouldn't let you down, Sean. Did we uh, late to bed last night, mister? I was. I was indeed. I was. Very late. When you so knew you had this podcast the next day, <laughs> yeah, and you're not up. going to bed earlier, I've been telling you <laughs> to go up. to bed earlier. I woke up an hour ago, so there's that. It's embarrassing. That's, yeah, I know. It's not great. It's not a great look for the show, but uh, I apologise and we move on, don't we? I guess we'll have to. And we'll move on to, to the big shout, as we always start the show with. Who will we start with? Struan Garvey. Give us a big shout. Okay, so I previously spoke about a player being underrated, and that backfired. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to the underrated thing and say I think Josh Yosua uh, Kimmich is the most underrated player Ooh. in world football. Full stop. You know, I'm excited to talk about him. So thank I, th- you I think in that game last night, I, I genuinely think there's a case that he is the best holding midfielder in world football, and if he wants mm-hmm. to be, could probably be the best right back as well. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think his versatility is absolutely. You could stick him anywhere on the pitch, and I think he would do a good enough job there. I think he's absolutely fantastic in that Bayern Munich team, and a lot of people always talk about, you know, he's he's a he's a clone of Philip Lam, and it is a, it is a bit scary almost how as soon as Lam went out, somebody of that caliber came in. He's still only twenty five. I, th- I would say he's the most underrated player in world football. Yeah, I mean, I said on a, another podcast recently that versatility is sometimes it sometimes implies that they're not a player as an excellent one particular position, but that's just not the case at all for. Uh, Joshua Kimmich because the right back like you said it's only really Trent Alexander-Arnold who you could say is close to him there and then last night he just completely ran the show in the middle of the park against a very good Atletico Madrid side and for the was it the opener for Bayern? Uh, yeah it was yeah the one he played across the Coleman yeah a slide tackle to win the ball back to stop an Atletico counter and then he just dinks the ball directly in the path of Kingsley Coleman who um, curls the ball past Jan Oblak and it's just it sort of sums up everything he's got that hard hitting tenacity that he'd want from a central midfielder but also the guile to just pick out an absolutely perfect pass and he's a big game player as well we've seen it time and time again from, from Kimmich so what, what you, Cameron and Taylor what are your thoughts on uh, the I feel like he should be in the category of one of the best players in the world that's mm. my opinion I love him like it's just people love watching Thiago play and honestly the guy can actually make a six yard pass like Unreal, but yeah. Kimmich is just a joy to watch. Like, I mean, just that as we're speaking about that opening goal, just that like tackle he puts in Felix, like he just smashes through Felix, gets the ball, wins it, turns around, pings a pass, boom, goal. Like, yeah, 
that's oh, you just love to see it. And Adrian, I think he's up there with probably I'm gonna say, probably one of the best players in the world at the moment. Yeah, I think he certainly is one of the best midfielders in the world. I saw a tweet last night that said that Leon Goretzka is, is perhaps the most underrated midfielder in the world at the moment. So if you take that into consideration with Joshua Kimmich, it's quite the midfield pair they've got there. Obviously, Tolisso was playing last night, but it's crazy that Thiago, who as well as one of the most like one of the best midfielders in world football, has left, and it probably won't even be noticeable in that Bayern no. team at the moment. Pretty astounding. Scary. Uh, it's a scary team. They are a scary team. Yeah. We'll talk a wee bit more about about Bayern's performance last night later on in the show. But Taylor, what's your big shout? Uh, my big shout is probably as everyone knows, um, I'm rather happy from the weekend, uh-huh. and it's we a know. statement though that come this comes from three years ago, and I think nice we're and seeing topical extra time. I love that. Um, basically, Dave King said that all it takes is one championship and Celtic will fold like a pack of cards, and I think we had actually seen this happen like right before our eyes. I feel like. I know, I'm not saying because Rangers, Rangers might not win the title, but I think we were actually witnessing that Celtic are slowly but surely folding like a pack of cards. They're struggling. You've got uh, the manager Neil Lennon now arguing with multiple coaches because they, they said the fact that Celtic should be doing better with their team. And it's just, Celtic just look very nervous. The fact is, they've put everything into getting this 10 in a row, and if it doesn't happen, I, I can see it's been bad things for Celtic. I feel like Amy Canavan's soundbite haunted her last week, and I feel like this one could come back to haunt you. <laughs> yeah, it probably could. Yeah, it probably could. But I mean, I'm just gonna, it's I'm... just like after one old firm loss. Yes, they look. They did look incredibly poor in that game. But that was Celtic's first loss of this the season in the Premiership. Only dropped points one other time. They're uh, they're on the back of nine consecutive titles. They're they have. It's been a busy summer in terms of play, bringing players in. They've struggled with injuries. Um, they're on track for a quadruple treble if they can uh, win two more games in the Scottish Cup. Sorry, Cameron, and sorry, Struan, but um, there's still a very good chance they could do that. <laughs> so, it just seems a bit a bit premature to be saying no. that Celtic are folding like a pack of cards after one poor performance in the old firm. It's not even been like one poor performance old firm. You can arguably say it's been the last four or five old firms. Celtic, Celtic haven't actually played and They've still won all the trophies, firm. though. Yeah, that's the thing though, they've got that one mentality and that's what separates them, that team from Rangers, but it's like, I feel like, I was listening to a, a podcast the other day and someone's saying that Neil Lennon has now worn off the effect of what Brendan Rodgers says. I feel like Brendan Rodgers, although he left, the player still had his mindset in winning trophies and that's what basically dragged him through winning the trophies, basically it wasn't Neil Lennon, and basically I feel like Neil Lennon, we're now seeing what Neil Lennon's team, like, it's coming through now. The recruitment isn't good. Uh, basically, the tactics aren't up there with the standards that Neil Lennon was. They're struggling at Champions League football. They've got a wage bill like over sixty million. It's all these things are mounting up, and surely got to have to come down sooner or later because you can't have a wage bill of sixty million and not be making the Champions League. That's what got Rangers into trouble that they got in. Was there something you wanted to say there, Stuart? Yeah, uh, no, no. Well, it's with addition the the whole Rogers Lennon and European European thing. I think under Brendan Rogers, I think Celtic would often make the Champions League group stage. I mean, they'd get destroyed by just about every team in there because there'd always be a PSG or a Bayern Munich. But have Celtic qualified for the Champions League since Lennon took over? No, no. I don't think they have, have they? No. And then, yeah, I, I agree. Lennon's, Lennon's recruitment, I think, has been pretty awful. I mean, I, I just say he's already signed two left backs, which is a bit mental. I could Given. be seeing this by the way and they'll, they'll go on one ten in a row by the way and everything's all gory but I'm looking past that like the bigger picture yeah they get 10 in a row but 
they need they need to sort out that massive wage bill they've got and basically hopefully get Champions League football because that's just not they talk about how Celtic are a sustainable business. It can only be so sustainable with that wage bill. We're just not getting that much money in because they're losing like thirty million a year by not getting out of Champions League. Europe League doesn't have that basically that that poor uh, price pool to cover that. So they need to either reduce that massively or start getting back out of Champions League football. Fair enough. Um, I, I'm keen to clip that one and see how we're doing in the end of the season and <laughs> see if Taylor Swift is the same about it. Uh, Cameron, what about you? What's your big shout? Uh, my big shout is something we discussed last night on the group chat, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I think Graham was talking about it as well. And it's that Bobby Firmino should be dropped from Liverpool starting XI. Um, I just think, like, the last year he's been getting criticised so much and it's pretty harsh. Like, he's not been scoring, but he does so much for the team. But the last few games, he just hasn't been. I think he's got two assists, zero goals in six games this season. One of those assists came in that game against Aston Villa. Complete write-off. Um, I just think he's been so much more inconsistent this season than he even has been in, in the past. And I think you've got players like Takumi uh, Minamino and Diego Jota. New signings, want to play. Are, are, are not maybe not maybe standing out when they come on, but offering a lot more than Firmino did, and that was shown last night as well. Takumi Minamino came on, I think he had two shots straight away. Uh, Diego Jota had a good chance to set up another. And um, Firmino, the whole game, I can't remember how long he was on for, maybe 60 minutes, I think, they made the triple substitution. He done next to nothing. Made some runs, but it was all off-the-ball stuff, which is good, but it really, if, we'll talk about the Liverpool game later on, I'm sure, and I'll, I'll talk about it more as well, but we were just so poor last night, really, really poor against Ajax. I think Roberto Firmino leading that line was the main problem that we had. I think Diego Jor took him in and should have started that game. And moving forward, uh, who's it? does anyone know who Liverpool have at the weekend? I've forgotten. Um, Sheffield United and Sheffield. There you got a team that's quite struggling. Um, I think you might as well give one of those two lads a shot over Firmino. Just give him a, a match or two out of the spotlight. I'm not saying it has to be dropped for months, I'm just saying a game or two. Let other lads come in, have a chance, and then if they don't work out, Bobby Firmino will be re-energised, will be eager to make his make his place known in the team and um, hopefully get back to the form that we saw of him before last year. See, the reason this surprised me is Roberto Firmino is a player who always gets a lot of criticism. People look at his, his goal stats and say, how can you be an elite striker when you don't score that many goals? But the argument from people who maybe pay more attention to tactics or um, sort of passages of play would say that Roberto Firmino is integral to the way Liverpool play, the way they press, um, the way he links up with the other forward players, and that's part of the reason that they are so successful. So has that changed? Is Roberto Firmino not as important to the way Liverpool play anymore? And do you think that, um, like you said, Minamino and, Minamino, sorry, and Diogo Jota are new signings? Minamino's January, obviously, but they're maybe still getting used to this Liverpool style of play. Could they do that job as effectively as the Brazilian? Let's let's just say I've always been on that side of the support. I've always backed Bobby Firmino all last season when he couldn't score. Basically, yeah, he is a superb top footballer. Like that was shown. That's been shown for years. No one's doubting that. But really, this season he's just maybe one or two games he's done okay. I think he he done well against Chelsea. I think the other game where he got an assist, he played well that game. But um, he's just looked so out of the loop. It looks like Mane and Salah are just carrying him. Like it looks like they're taking the burden of a dead weight basically up front. And I don't see the problem with just trying something else. He really, if if you watch the full 90 minutes against Ajax, he just looked out of it. He was just, mm. there was nothing going on around him. Everything came through man and Salah. There was no build-up play of him. There was no real link-up play. It was him making some runs at the back post to try and get Salah into the middle. That was it. Fair enough, that's maybe the tactic, but he offered 
next to nothing. And by next to nothing, it's that's very close to nothing. I mean, he really just it was it was the first game where I've went okay no he needs he needs to be dropped like he's offering absolutely nothing in attack here he's not even doing that great pressing like there wasn't a lot of pressing going on it's like he's knackered because he's chasing the defenders Liverpool were quite I don't want to say they weren't pressuring at all but Mane and Salah were doing a lot of it as well I just I really I I, I think there's no harm in trying out your 40 million pound signing or a guy that's been with you for more than just one summer, you know what I mean. I think they deserve a chance. They've they've worked hard when they've came on. They've done okay, created more chances in half an hour than he did in six. Uh, <coughs> sorry, got my throat there. More minutes and uh, more chances than he did in sixty minutes. And I think, what's the harm in trying against Sheffield United, who are currently I think bottom of the league and really struggling. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, speaking of bottom of the league, that's kind of where my big shout comes from. Uh, St Mirren take on Hamilton at the Simple Digital Arena this Saturday and my big shout as is that the manager who loses this game will be the first to be sacked in the Scottish Premiership this season um, both on horrendous runs of form Hamilton I think it is just two wins at their last eight one in their last six and obviously you've got that really embarrassing loss to Aaron in, in the Betfred Cup and they just haven't looked. They've been actually been scoring goals for enough for Hamilton. Um, there's been, their games have been quite entertaining uh, their last few, but I just Brian Rice really seems to be struggling to get a cheer at them the same way that he has in past seasons or that Martin Cannon and Alex Neil did. And then St Mirren are by far um, the worst in terms of form in the league. Just uh, no wins in their last six, and it's just the one in their last eight as well. So um, yes, they've been really hampered with. Covid and they've had to rearrange games and play with Bobby Slamal as their goalkeeper on emergency loan, which is never a good scenario for anyone. But um, I just do think that there's maybe an argument that Jim Goodwin's the one thing that Jim Goodwin's praised for is that he managed to get that team defensively solid. And although he's maybe not been able to play his number strongest defence. Um, he doesn't seem to be doing that at all this year and I watched them a few weeks ago against Kilmarnock and it was one of the poorest performances I've seen in the Premiership in a long time they just they were at home and he didn't even look like uh, laying a punch on Kilmarnock it was really really poor so I think whoever loses that game is really really in, in jeopardy of losing their job would anyone say that these managers get deserve some more time or? I don't understand some of the Hamilton support um, Brian Rice came out because they're Hamilton Rice's fans yeah <laughs> uh, probably the, the very very few minority there is that's out there um, seemed to be giving Brian Rice stick uh, he came out a couple of weeks ago saying that he was really struggling because there's no support in there and he's, he's struggling with the abuse that he's getting online directed towards his family which is never nice no matter what manager you are but no he never been doing that Hamilton are punching above their weight. Like they broke a club record of being in the top flight for seven seasons in a row now, so they are punching well above their weight, staying up for this long. Like we, nobody can deny they shouldn't be in this league, and if you think they should because uh, they're they're on ability, no, they're there on merit because they've done it. But on ability wise, they shouldn't really be in there. However, Brian Rice has transformed Hamilton. He's into a team that's actually semi enjoyable to watch now. Like under Martin Cameron and Alex Neal, it was more a long ball hope and basically just defend ten men behind the ball. But Brian Rice has tried to turn them into actually a footballing team and it's shown they're scoring goals, but 
it's it's basically Hamilton. will, I think, as always, will stay up eventually. But I think it might come at the cost of Brian Race, as you said. Like uh, the support clearly just haven't took to him, and if they're happy with the long ball United, then that's exactly what's going to be wrong. What's wrong with Hamilton? support. You don't well, they're probably happy staying in the Premiership. They look more likely to do it uh, under the previous two managers. So I guess that's the bottom line. I feel like they're actually looking, they look pretty solid to be doing it again. Brian Race kept him up last year, although it wasn't a full season because of uh, the pandemic cap. But I feel Brian Race has enough to prove the fact is, he's uh, proved the fact he can keep Hamilton up and he's shown the fact he can play football at the same time. So it's just one of these ones, it's just an early season, they haven't started off great. It's the same scenario. We usually get to December, it's like, aye, Aki's are down, but then uh, they'll you know, going a twelve game winning streak. So I, I I get what you mean. This could be the end of Ryan Bryce if he loses this, but Hamilton will still be safe and I think St I think St. Marin probably will still struggle. I can tell you I've got some inside knowledge that their players are, are, are committed because Tuesday night they played Aberdeen, Ross Callahan scored a penalty and then I saw him in the gym yesterday on his day off. So he's clearly he's clearly going for it. Um Did you say hi? I didn't say hi to Ross Callahan, no. Um, he had a face mask on, so I was actually quite uh, Im- impressed that I recognised him. But um, I was working hard in the gym, so good on him after scoring at Pitodry. Uh We'll move on now to the big shout, and we've finally got Champions League to discuss again. Uh, Marcus Rashford once again hit the headlines for sticking the boot in against a cold-hearted, callous regime who clearly don't care at all about the basic human rights of their citizens. Before that, he scored the winner against PSG on Tuesday night. Um, it's true, and there was been plenty of arguably well-deserved criticism aimed at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and his time at Manche- as Manchester United manager, but uh, he does seem to have a knack for getting his tactics right in these big games, and the win at the Parc de France was just another example of that, really. I just, I just don't understand uh, Solskjaer. I swear, every single time <laughs> it looks like he's about to get sacked, he pulls up a result. Yeah. The one against PSG in the Champions League last season with the Rashford last-minute penalty, and then a really bad start of form. It looked like he was going to be sacked, and then he did a double over Man City and Tottenham. Then in January, it was pretty poor, losing 2-0 to Burnley. Again, it looked like he was going to go. And then came Bruno Fernandes, and there was the run till the end of the season. And then this year, again, he started off very poorly, the 6-1 to Tottenham, notably. And then he's, he's done this against PSG. I, I don't understand how many times he's going to just be sacked and then pull something incredible out of the bag, but... It, it was a really, really good performance. I think the tactics were absolutely spot on against one of the best sides in the in the, in the, in the planet, really, to be fair. Yeah, it definitely was. In, in terms of personnel as well, because you could say that it was a fantastic performance against uh, Newcastle on Saturday night, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. um, then there was lots of changes for that game, but then more changes for this game in the Champions League, and Axel Twanzebi was, was brilliant at the centre of defence. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. His last game was against Colchester in December last season. And then he's come in to play against Neymar and Bappi and Di Maria, which is arguably one of the best front threes in world football. And he looked fantastic. It's just that foot race where Mbappe's got a yard or two on him and he manages to come back and then get the ball in time. I think it was a really good performance. I don't think I could fault a single player in that United team. I really, really do think they were good. But I think a lot of that does go down to um, Solskjaer's tactics and the way they set up. Yeah, the only disappointing thing from this game really was the, the commentary once again that <laughs> you were saying that even as a United fan you were getting a bit uh, arced by the sort of bias shown towards the English team. 
I can't remember any praise that PSG got throughout the game, like, except for just being slagged raw. And, and there was one point when the players on the bench were getting slagged off, and it's and you're slagging off Sarabia, Julian Draxler, and it's like these are really good players. I don't understand why they're 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 getting slagged off and stuff like that. You wouldn't have thought PSG were in the Champions League final. You'd think it's the classic. Oh, they're a team from France. Oh, they they're not used to competition or anything like that. It was I, I was very annoyed, even from the team I support getting the praise. It was. It was just being a little bit too much, I thought, especially given Man United's form this season. You wouldn't have thought that they were as good as they were being made out to be. Yeah, it was, it was strange, definitely. Um, elsewhere, there was no Alisson, no Van Dijk, but a clean sheet for Liverpool, as a Nicolas Tagliafico own goal was enough for the Reds to leave Amsterdam with a 1-0 win over Ajax. Cameron, you mentioned it a bit, you watched this one, and I think it's fair to say you weren't entirely convinced by Liverpool's performance. Yeah, no, I'm more annoyed that like just more Firmino than the whole team. Like it was. Oh, it's just a yeah, just, just really hate Bobby Firmino. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love Bobby Firmino. <laughs> How could you not? Um, no, I thought it was just one of those games. Have you seen the goal as well? The goal was just—it's possibly the worst goal in Champions League history. I think yeah, the Pierre really said that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he literally said like the own goal's bad enough, but even like Manny's hit—it's like he doesn't even mean it. He just scuffs it. It's dreadful. Um, yeah, it's one of those games. I think the real standout is Fabinho at centre back. I think that was the major talking point, and he was outstanding. I, I think man in the match. I don't know if he actually won it, but he deserved it. Um, the goal line clearance that he made, and he just looked so assured at all times. Like Adrian was slippy once or twice. Joe Gomez wasn't convincing at all. I thought, um, but Fabinho was an absolute rock at uh, the heart of that defence. So, I think as well, Curtis Jones got forty-five minutes, which is a good run out, but he was replaced for Jordan Henderson because we were just a bit. It's a bit helter skelter. Like actually. Genuinely think Ajax deserved to win. I'd say two one would have been a fair scoreline, but what matters is Liverpool got away. We got a clean sheet. That's a huge confidence boost considering we're missing um, our two most important players at the back, Allison and Van Dijk. So, yeah, not a great game to watch, but looking back, not as bad as I was maybe making out last night. Does Fabinho continue in that defensive role, or do you think that when Matip is fit, he pairs Joe Gomez and um, Fabinho moves back into midfield, especially considering? Um, Thiago is going to be out for a little bit longer, it seems. No, no, I think I think Fabinho has to stay at centre back with either Matip or Gomez. I I wouldn't trust Matip and Gomez together at all. Gomez, he has a great prospect. He's maybe only twenty two, twenty three still, but mm-hmm. he was just a little bit too shaky from Alikin last night. Um, Matip as well is a little too injury prone. I think Fabinho, you give him a run at centre back and he'll do brilliant. I think Henderson can fill in at the centre defensive mid row. I think last night we started. I think it was Wijnaldum or, or Milner that sort of played the more holding role and it didn't quite work and that's why at halftime Klopp switched out Curtis Jones for the experienced captain um, Henderson but I think if you put Fabinho at the back with one of the other two you have Henderson in that CDM role hoping that he's fit and then you've got so many sermon options you've yeah. got Thiago when he does come back but you've also got Keita you've got Oxley chamberlain you've got Milner you've got Jenny Wijnaldum you've got Curtis Jones you've got so many options, you might as well push Fabinho and Henderson back a little. It, it's not a perfect team, but what can you do? You know, you're missing the best centre back in the world right now. You've you've got to make do with what you've got. And um, yeah, I, for me, Fabinho centre back, hundred percent. Fair enough. The champions of Europe looked in no mood to let their title slip as Bayern Munich steamrolled past Atletico Madrid and a four 0 win at the Allianz Arena. Taylor, you had them your you had them as your favourites to win the competition in your um, energy sport. Champions League preview piece. Why is that, and how much did their win last night sort of re-emphasise that point? I think you just you just need to look at how they're set up. Just look at how convincing they were last season in this competition. 
just <clears throat> the team as a whole. I said in that piece the fact is they're efficient. They know what they're well drilled, and basically the coach has got them absolutely on fire on all cylinders. He's turned Lewandowski into arguably the best striker in the world. He was on the brink of being like top five now. He's like he could have won a Ballon d'Or. He was robbed of a Ballon d'Or last year. Should have won a Ballon d'Or. Yeah, he should have. It's unreal, and I don't know what medical team Bayern Munich have, but. I want it because they, 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 like, you feel yeah, if, you look, if you looked at Goretzka, like, three years ago, he was, he was a twig, but now, like, <laughs> he's a, now he's actually built, like, actual, a, a house, he's massive, and then you look at, uh, basically, Coutinho, went to, uh, on loan to Bayern Munich from Barcelona, was basically just, like, get average uh, Brazilian player, uh, all skills, basically, but not built that well, turned him into an absolute powerhouse, it's, absolutely insane it's just they're actual I think they're actually leading in everything like when you go medical wise like training wise and the team's showing it and I think if you just look at them as a club it just shows you why I think they're probably one of the best run clubs best club with the best squad in the world and just everything about them screams success so that's why I basically gave them my favourites so you like Bayern because their players have big arms Oh, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. Uh, Struan, you mentioned it as well, but you, you must have been impressed by Bayern last night because they're just absolutely relentless, aren't they? It was absolutely crazy. I thought Atletico would give them a really good game just mm-hmm. because defensively they're absolutely fantastic. And I thought Atletico played a really good team as well, to be fair. I'm not really sure what else they could have dropped chip here, to be fair. But <laughs> I think Bayern Munich did so good. And it's just, as you said, it's the ruthlessness, the aggression. Even when they're 3-0 up, they're going for another one. They're... They don't stop. I mean, they put eight past Barcelona last season in the Champions League. They're just, which was also the last time Suarez faced them. So maybe, maybe it's his fault. But even when you're sorry, just, sorry to jump in, but even when you're sitting there when they don't, they don't stop. You know, and they were one 0 up with five minutes to go in the Champions League final last year, and they were still pushing <laughs> men forward. It was a, especially a team like PSG who have so much pace with the current attack. They just didn't care. Just anything to outscore the opposition. It's, it's. They didn't seem to have any sort of game management in their head in that sense. It was just well. We're just gonna gonna keep going. It's it's crazy and so fun to watch. The defense is basically just Halaba and Neuer in a back two when yeah. when they're on the attack, just because of how far he pushes up. But even last night, I mean, they didn't have Sane, they didn't have Nabry, Alfonso Davies wasn't starting, they didn't have Boateng either. But they were still just so strong. Yeah, it really and, is scary for the rest of Europe, isn't it? Yeah, and, and it's they were they were talking as well last night. It's not like it's not a very old team. You know, Neuer's, no. Neuer's 34, Muller's 31, and Lewandowski's 32, which isn't exactly old, but then the rest of the team are about mid-early 20s. I can't believe the age of David Alaba. Like, he's so... It's, really it's crazy. Our, our entire lives, he's, what, 28? And he's always just been there, isn't he? He's like that, that really good left-back that you've just known as at Bayern Munich. And now he's one of the be- best centre-backs in the Bundesliga. I think it, I think it is only 28, yeah. Mm. And even oh. like Kimmich mentioned earlier on, he's only 25. It's It's crazy. Yeah, a very, uh, like I said, a very scary prospect for the rest of Europe. And despite having 18 members of staff out, including 10 first-team players, Shakhtar Donetsk pulled off an astonishing 3-2 win over European football's most decorated team, Real Madrid. The young, the young Ukrainian side, that's hard to say, raced into a 3 a 3-0 lead by half-time before Los Blancos came out swinging in the second half and looked to have broken Shakhtar hearts when Fede Valverde equalised in the 92nd minute but our old pal Var ruled the goal off for offside. Cameron, this was a roller coaster, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, it was a brilliant game. Like Shakhtar, I, I can't believe they done that with ten players. I didn't, I didn't know about the staff either. Sorry, I didn't know that that they were missing other staff as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, you no, know what was brilliant is I know they did concede in the next second minute. It was ruled out, so technically they were pegged back. But how good were they after they conceded those two goals? Yeah, because like, early, wasn't it? It was just past hour. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. just past hour mark. I think you're right. Yeah, and they they just stayed resilient. You know, they really defended well, and they even did try and catch Real out once or twice in the break. They were unlucky not to get a fourth themselves. But um, for them to be pegged back, but keep going and just keep fighting, and went like your heart sank when Real scored. Oh, really? And then yeah. it was it was the best moment of the night when it was ruled out. That was absolutely superb. Um, not a really enjoyable match. You watched it as well, didn't you? And I thought Shakhtar, if that's their B team, then oh. they could be dark horses again this season. It was just astonishing. I feel like I think it was Jonathan Pierce on commentary, and he just I seem like every time he mentioned the player, he said like. The twenty-one-year-old, the twenty-year-old, the, Bra- yeah, the Brazil yeah. under twenties mm-hmm. player. Like, uh, yeah. I think they said they think the, the oldest person in the team there was two twenty-seven-year-olds. I think, and that was it. Mm. Like everyone else was sort of crazy, uh, below yeah. twenty-five, and they were so you know, good. The football they played was know, fantastic. You know what annoyed me about the commentary team though mm. is that they kept going. Oh, they're not at the Bernabeu. Oh, they're not. Win- oh, it's because yeah. they're not in the Bernabeu. No, they won the la- they won the league last season playing at the training ground. That is utter rubbish. There's yeah, nothing going on. Like that made no sense. That really annoyed me. Like I was about to send an email to BT Sport. Like here, <laughs> they do know they played there last season. Like this yeah, is really they, annoying. Aye, they've been playing um, at the um, what is it? They're afraid of the Stefano uh, stadium. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the entire because there's been work done to the Bernabeu, and I think they yeah. also kind of thought that maybe you wouldn't feel the effects of being in an empty stadium yeah, exactly. as much. Sort of Probably thing. just facilities as well. They've maybe got like, you know, some yeah. teams don't have two dressing rooms to be used. Maybe that's the case, you know, it's a bit easier, but yeah, that really annoyed me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I've I took you off a good point about Shakhtar. Um, yeah, they're definitely there. Either going to make a lot of money the next few years or they're going to be a really top, top team in a few years' time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to, to see how that team does progress. And it's kind of a shame that they're in probably the group of death because they could really... Mm-hmm do some damage if they manage to get out of it but it's a tough one with uh, Inter Milan and Borussia Mönchengladbach who drew two all in Milan thanks to a late goal from Romelu Lukaku but uh, that group's going to be very very interesting Real Madrid are the only side with it a point now so um, interesting to see how that goes and imagine a, a Europa League that Real Madrid drop into how do you feel about that Taylor? Um, I'm not going to think about that <laughs> But still, no, no, I'll take, I'll, I'll take it. We, we'll, I guarantee we'll win. Gerard's brilliant. No, Gerard's so good in Europe. It doesn't matter. No, no, bring, bring it on. I'm, I'm all for it. Galacticos, aye, that's who Rangers are. They're Galacticos. Galacticos. <laughs> Glenn Kamara's fifty grand is a Galactico. Honestly, fifty grand will actually run that midfield. Honestly, fifty grand. Who, who even is Tony Cruz? By the way, Tony Cruz is just a cheap Glenn Kamara. <laughs> And there's the title of the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we've sort of hit the headlines of the Champions League. There's any other results that you guys want to pick up? I just thought we'd would hit the headlines, but I guess you've got Manchester City's win over Porto. You've got um, interesting results at Chelsea's stalemate with Sevilla. D- Dortmund getting beat three one. Oh, sorry, go. No, no, it's true. You go first. I'll go after. I was just going to say Lazio beating Dortmund three one is quite a cool story with uh, Chiro Immobile, the guy who mm. who failed at Dortmund, hasn't yeah. played in the Champions League since leaving. And then came back and scored against them. Yeah, Chino Mobley's interesting when he just seems to only be able to do it in Italy, but when he does it in Italy, he's absolutely fantastic. I thought 36 goals in 38 games last year. Like, I think he won the Golden Boot ahead of Lewandowski as well last yeah, season. He did, yeah, he scored the most goals in yeah, Europe last absolutely season. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet, yet they got beat twice by Celtic last season. You yeah, know. They did, they did. Uh, Cameron, what were you going to say, sorry? 
Uh, I was going to pick up on the City game, actually. That, that was a game of, like, two two ends of the pitch. Like, City's attack looked so strong, and their defence looked so bad. Like, they looked awful. Like, the Porto's first goal, the guy just on a diagonal run and then hit it bottom corner. No defender even got close to him. It was so hard to watch. And there was one or two other moments as well where they were shaky. I think their attack looked good, but their defence looked bad. I think they really, really need to sort that out quick, or I don't even think they'll finish top two in the Premier League. Stroon, there you, they were your team, your pick in that energy sport piece that you can still check out. Uh, why is that? Because we, we've, Man City's defensive frailties, frailties have been well documented for a while now. So what makes you think that they can overcome that to to win that elusive European Cup? Well, I, I, I kind of made I made a joke of it at the time. You know, surely this has to be the season that they mm-hmm. finally win it, especially with Pep Guardiola. But as Cameron says, I think Man City's defense is terrible. Yeah. It's cost over four hundred million pounds, and the only two players at the moment who I would say I rate are Kyle Walker and Laporte. I don't think another player in that team I would I would necessarily rate. I mean, if you you can compare it to Liverpool's defense, which is obviously the best in the Premier League. I mean, who gets into it? Laporte maybe to beside Van Dijk. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's absolutely horrific. And even even up front, I think the loss of Aguero and Jesus has been so noticeable. You, you you just kind of wonder, you know. I think I think eight hundred million plus is the current expenditure under um, Pep Guardiola alone, and you just kind of wonder how are they so short up front and so poor at the back? You know, where where is all that money going? But I I do think this season it's going to be all about the Champions League for them. I think this 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 is Guardiola's last year at City. He might sign an extension, but I'm not sure. Again, he, he was pretty heavily backed in the summer, over one hundred million spent. So. I, th- I think they'll be going all out for this one. Got a very favourable group, in my opinion. I think they're incredibly lucky that Porto was there. Because um, Man City received two for the first time in a while. So I think to get Porto as the first team was very lucky for them. And I think if if they can get a good run going, I think they can beat anybody. Because they, they just keep losing to, to silly teams. I don't I don't mean that to sound bad. But I mean, yeah. they should have beaten Tottenham. They should have beaten Leon. shouldn't have beaten Liverpool. Liverpool were much better that season. And then the one before against Monaco, they probably should have beaten them as well. So... It's just I don't know if it's a mental block, but yeah, you were mentioning surely that, right. Mm, uh, you were mentioning how, how poor the, their defence looks, and left back's been a big problem for them. Uh, Benjamin Mendy, when he's not injured, looks uh, just doesn't hasn't really been convincing at all. And then beyond that, you're sort of seeing Shao Cancelo maybe fill in or Alexander Zinchenko. Meanwhile, Angelino, who is or is still on City's books? Is he still on Manchester City? I think City it's players? like a loan with, with an option to buy at the end of the season. Probably going to happen. Well, he scored two goals for, for <laughs> RB Leipzig uh, in the Champions League this week. Uh, so you look at that and the battle of the left-backs against volleyball and goalies is Istanbul Bashuk Shia. Um, and it's just... I, it's don't, I mean, it's not that they're necessarily looking for more goals from left-back, but I thought Angelina looked great in the Champions League for RB Leipzig last season and it just really doesn't make sense as to why the best left-back at the club isn't at the club. so. Yeah. I, th- I think Pep struggles to get the best out of some of his players, which is probably a very bold statement, but I just think during his time at City, I think a lot of his best players, you'd, you'd say like De Bruyne straight off the bat, David Silva, Raheem Sterling, Aguero, they, they were already at the club before he came. I think I think he has made some good signings, but I think I think he's really struggled to get the, the best out of players. I mean, even Joao Cancelo should probably be starting for £65 million he cost, but... He's not really getting near the team. John Stones is where is he these Rodri. days? You know that. Yeah, I, ju- I just yeah, Rodri as well. I just I just don't think Pep Guardiola is getting the best out of like he is getting the best out of like De Bruyne and Ster- and Sterling and stuff like that. 
and Fernandinho all the midfield. But I think there's so many players in that team who you just think they could do so much more elsewhere. And I th partially, I think that's the reason why Leroy Sané left. I think he, he looked at that Bayern Munich team and probably thought, I can get a lot more out of myself and probably win more trophies, which is quite crazy to say, given it's Man City. Good to be talking about the Champions League again, and we'll move on now to our game of See It Out and Excitedly. Taylor Murray's stepping up and hosting this week. He's very excited to be doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's got a pretty niche one because he seems to like these sort of really niche, tricky uh, categories. So we'll see how it goes. Please let us know what we're up to, Taylor. Uh, so I've got two sitting here, and I've got one that's <laughs> Champions League themed and one that's mostly Premier League themed. So. I was sitting just deciding what I want to go for, and I'm I'm really I'm really confused because uh, since Champions League, no, we'll go with Champions League one. Right, since since it was on this week and it's on its return, we'll go with this one. Right. Okay. So uh, get ready to strap yourselves in. Do you know your ABCs? Because this is what's going to be needed. So there's been fifteen players who have fifteen. Sorry, sorry, no fifteen. <laughs> I just basically gave away how many there is. Well, <laughs> That's right. Right, so basically, there's 15 players who have scored 15 or more goals in the Champions League that has a T or an M anywhere in their name. All these players are actively playing right now. Can you name them? Uh, is this first name or second then? Both. Uh, bo both. both. Then, uh, as long okay. as a T so, or so, an so, M anywhere. T or an M? In any of the names. That's actually yes. quite a lot for the Champions League. Yeah, that's, oh. yeah, it's quite a lot. It's, okay. it's, when I was doing my research for this, it was quite tricky because there's actually some names I'm like what 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 <laughs> but uh, so where we're gonna go with this is just the way I'm looking at it so we'll go with Struan Cameron and Sean there we go that's oh, all I can laughing. see so anywhere now it's not like the first letter of either name it's yeah no it's anywhere all these in players name. are active or most of these players are active uh, all the players are active right. the ones that's okay. the way I've only went for active players only because okay. we have been here for like Years if I went with our one. Okay. Right, and it's just Champions League, not Europe. Yeah, it's just Champions League. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'll start with the goat, Cristiano Ronaldo. Did Did you hear? Wait, wait, wait! I'm just trying to make sure I've got that on my list. It's got a T. <laughs> it does have a T. Yep. Yeah. I was panicking. Yeah. I was making sure the fact is I actually had that in here. So yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo's one. Um. Why not Messi? Oh, the actual goal. The actual goal. Yeah, I've oh. actually not put Ronaldo's goals in that for some reason. I've just put his name down. Um, I'm going to say Robert Lewandowski. <sighs> oh, <laughs> yes, Robert Lewandowski. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> oh. Yes, yes. Has it? Oh, thank God. I was just panicking that one. I'm already taking a risk on my second dance. <laughs> Yes, uh, Thomas Muller. Yep, he's on that list. Karim Benzema. <laughs> uh, yep, he's on that list. Um, uh, Thierry Henry. Oh, yep, he's on that list. He's actually active players. <laughs> he's a manager. Yep, sorry, he's not on that list. <laughs> I forgot when I was doing that research, I, I took that out. Because I so, was going to do another one, so yep, that's that, wrong. Oh, can I get another go? <laughs> Away you go. I was told I was correct. <laughs> I've been lied to by the individual here. Oh, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> M, 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 M. 
Oh, I hate this guy, so I hope I'm wrong, and I hope I get beat, but Antoine Griezmann. Yep, he's on that list. Oh. Hmm. Now, by the way, there's one player on this list I looked, and I can't believe he scored only 15 goals. I was like, what? I'm decided between two. I've got one. 15 got one. Champions League goals. I don't know if they have 15. I don't know if oh, I've got two. 15. Um, bum, bum, bum. I'm going to say, I don't know, this could be a really bad shout. I'm going to say Mario Mandzukic. That's a good shout. No, he's not on that list. <laughs> oh. oh, Cameron, oh. you need to get this to win it. No, Cameron's just one of you. I'll give you two oh. that I think. Uh, what about Angel Di Maria and Kylian Mbappe? PSG players. Both of them on it, right beside each other. Thank you. Neymar be there as well. Oh, Neymar. Yeah, that's Neymar's I done, I, see, when he oh. first, first started the categories, I was like, oh, I'll just say Neymar. Um, oh, is Mohamed Salah there, no? Uh, no, he is not. I'm no, pretty sure he's actually. In fact, oh, I saw he is. Yes, yes. I was going to say, that, that was who, I was the same between Mo Salah and Manzukic, and I said, Can I just say, I thought Di Maria and Mbappe, and I went to Neymar and went, nah, he's not got them in his name. No chance. You need to do that how we were doing it. You've got Taylor, and you go. So the ones that you didn't say, I've, I think there is actually probably a few I have missed when I was doing this because it was actually quite a big list. But uh, the ones that you haven't said are uh, Marco Royce. He's got 17 goals. Mm. Hugh Mount's son, 17 goals. Really? Yeah, 17. Mm. I suppose Leverkusen before me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sadio Mane, he's got 16. Right. Dreers yeah. Merton, he's got 16. And the one that I was really shocked about, Aubameyang, he's only got 15. He's barely but, played in the Champions League in his yeah, career. Yeah, though. Other than Dortmund. Always in it. Yeah. I think it was, it was like St Etienne he was up before Dortmund. Ah, French team, aye. I can't believe I said Thierry Henry with confidence. I, I was actually That's the second time I've done a really <laughs> stupid answer. Join the club, mate. Uh, <laughs> see, I was How big is your Premier League one, Taylor? Uh, name the 22 Premier League stars <laughs> who have scored against the most different Premier League teams. So basically, you need to know your history. Since football oh, only started in 1992. Oh, oh, oh. Let's just do it because I'm... I want to. Uh, that was quite a quick one. <laughs> double see it out. <laughs> double see it out because that was quick. Um, right, no, what's we'll go with Sean Stroon, uh, Cameron, okay. then. The, so, wait, so, sorry, it's players who have scored against the most clubs. Yeah, so basically, the play, there's 22 players who have scored against the most different Premier League teams. It's not the best worded question. And so. is this 1992 onwards? or? Yeah, 1992 onwards. Okay, cool. cool. Okay. Since that's when football actually began. Of course. <laughs> um, Alan Shearer. Correct, he is actual third on the Is it me next? Sorry, I've already forgotten uh, the order. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, uh, Wayne Rooney. Oh, he's went in there big. Yes, he's fourth on the list. I'm making him to the I'm going to take a leaf of Struan's book. I'm going to say Thierry Omri. <laughs> <laughs> he's not active. He's not active. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Although, for Thank some you. reason, I'm just trying to find him. Yeah, he's seventh on the list. Seventh? Oh, wow. Hmm. Pretty good, um, There's a lot of joints in this, by the way, so if you, I say, um, like, something yeah, quite yeah. high. That's yeah. really <laughs> 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 um, I will say... T- 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 Andy Cole. Second oh, on the list. Great show. Uh, Sergio Aguero. Surely. Right? 
Surely. He's not on that list. Shut up! Oh, what? my. Two seconds, let me just... I'm not actually quickly doing my research with this because... Just, <laughs> with help! Elders with help! No, I've got this because... Right, okay, so I'm going to give you another shot because I never stated this. It was actually... This list was made in 2017, so clearly probably <laughs> done since then. So, yes, he has done it since then. So, I'll give you that, but... He's not <laughs> my emotions! <laughs> So stupid. It actually says up to date as well. Yeah, so you can go again since he is actual right, but he's not on my list. Oh no, but can that not just. Okay, um. Uh. Uh. Oh. Say an oh obvious God. one, Strun. Is it, There's an obvious one left. Yeah, yeah. Say an, no, just say an obvious one. Don't panic. Just, just think of your own <laughs> team. I'm just trying to think of the top scores. Frank Lampard? Yeah. Well done, number one. Fun. It wasn't really the one I was trying to suggest to, but yeah. Number one. 39 different teams. Um, oh, wait, is it me? Is it me? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Um, right, I've got two players I'm thinking of. I'm going to say... Robbie Fowler. Hmm. Correct. Thank you. I was actually trying to find him. He is joint 12th on us. Nice. Um, 33 different teams. I... Okay. We'll see. Steven Gerrard. What an absolute man, legend, hero. Surely. 34 different teams, joint seventh. Nice. <laughs> how, what, what was, do you know how you're saying like joint seventh and stuff like that? Yeah. Is it, is it just like an unlimited list? It must be, right? Oh, yeah, no, pro- uh, basically what I'm saying is there's 22, and there's like, there's a joint 19, 17, basically. There's People who have done it the exact same amount of times, but it's just on the list that that's how, like, they're joint seventh highest. Because there's only there. twenty-two answers. There's like multiple seventeen. Oh no, there's there's more that's than twenty-two, but I, I see oh, it's like right. the top twenty-two. Okay. Well, I, um, right, I'll, I'll go for one of my favourite, Robin Van Persie. Correct. Joint uh, twelve on the list, fifty different teams. Purely because we spoke about him on the radio the other day. That's why he's in my head. Les Ferdinand. Oh, I didn't think anyone would get that joint twelve. Mm-hmm. I'll I'm going old school, but. stick with Manchester United's Dutch strikers and say Ruud van Nistelrooy. I don't like that silence. <laughs> Sean. What? No. Serious? Wrong. I'm serious. Oh. It's like a quiz show, isn't it? <laughs> what was he playing at? <laughs> Who is just scoring against the same team all the time? Does it count if you just score against Blackburn every week? <laughs> he, he saved his performances for the Champions League. Oh, did he? <laughs> what a selfish. <laughs> Do you know I was going to say with the thing earlier on, but he's, he's retired as well. <laughs> if you hadn't said Robin Van Persie, then I would have said that. I'm so, I'm I hate oh. this game. Who made it? <laughs> I'll, um, I'll go along the lines again of United t- strikers and say Teddy Sheringham. He played for so oh, long. I hate the name so Teddy. Long. What a Tory name, man. <laughs> is his real name no Edward? I think he is. Edward. Yeah, I'm sure it is. That's just as bad, actually. Right, Strun. You said Teddy Sheringham, right? Yes. You're correct. Suspense is killing me. Taylor, honestly, get a job in the X-Factor. I've got old school again. What would I say? Oh, that was your... I never heard... I was waiting for you to say something there. Why are we speaking of Tories? That... Is well, my list is actually scrolling wrong. Yes. Oh. 
That's what you get for being an absolute anti-masker lockdown creep, Matt Letissi. <laughs> <laughs> Can, can I say an answer that? I thought you were going to shout at me there. Cameron Monster believes coronavirus is a hoax. That is not the title of the show. Uh, it's <laughs> the title. It's uh, not uh, happening. Why uh, <laughs> talk the show? That's the title. Um, oh. I, I was thinking the entire time about saying Didier Drogba, but I, was he on the list? No, he was not on the list. Ah, thank God. So oh. Was Emil Heskis? Yes, he was. Ah, was was Giggs? Because Giggs like, yes, only scored Giggs, like a hundred. Yeah. Oh, was it? Fuck. See, they like, think the players that they might have scored a lot of goals, but they've played in a lot of seasons. But uh, mm. I'll start from the bottom up. So, joint 19th, we've got Berbatov, who's 31 times, uh, different teams. Gary Speed, 31 different teams. Dennis Bergkamp, oh, 31. Alan Smith. Like, oh. Oh. Then you've got uh, uh, the weirdest inclusion in it is Phil West. You've got Igbornlohor. 32 different teams. Ah, you can see that actually. Uh, Heskey, 32. Van Persie, 33. Anelka, 33. Les Ferdinand, 33. Fowler, 33. Robbie Keane, 33. Then you've got oh, Gerard, Michael Owen, Henri, and Paul Scholes, all on 34. Oh, Ryan Giggs, on 34. Rooney, 35. Jermaine Defoe, on 35. And then you've got your Sheringham, Shears, Coles, and Lamparts. I'm quite surprised Rooney is. Uh, sorry, never mind. No, never mind. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Jermaine Defoe can't even get in Rangers Europa League squad these days. Uh, oh. Speaking of Europa League, Celtic kick off their Europa League campaign with the daunting task of taking on AC Milan. The Rossoneri are currently sitting top of Serie A, are fresh off winning their first Milan derby since 2016, and have lost just six games out of 47 since Stefano Pioli took the job just over a year ago. Uh, Cameron, considering the performance in the old firm last weekend, how concerned should Celtic be? Uh, very, yeah, very. I think AC Milan are only missing like one player for this trip, and Celtic are still missing a few. Um, yeah. Ryan Christie's back. Ryan Christie, yeah, that's it. Ryan Christie's back, but they're still missing Forrest and Julian and I Edward Beaton, El Hamid. That's the ones. Uh, some massive players. So Julian, yeah, Julian. Which is probably a good thing because he's. <laughs> I know, but you think you think you've got Zlatan up top. Who are you going to probably stick on? You'd probably stick on Julien, even though it's not great. But he's even out. So I think if Zlatan plays, he's going to have an absolute field day. Um, is Laxalt cup tied or whatever they're No, no, he can, he can play against his yeah, parent club. Against like Ooh, Coutinho last season. Yeah, like Barcelona. FIFA don't like that real in European competitions. So it seems to be yeah. only the domestic leagues that comes into play. Yeah. Which I think, I, I think you should be. I don't know why you play against your parent club. But um, yeah, I think Milan have an absolute feeling. I really, I, t- I can't wait for them to win tonight after I say this, but I, my, one of my big shout, think, like my, um, one of my ideas, sorry, for a big shout was that Celtic would finish bottom of that group. I don't know. The other three teams they've got are all unbeaten in their leagues. They're all pretty solid teams. Even Sparta Prague, I just had a feeling, I, I, I'm not saying they wouldn't pick up points. It could be a close group, but I just have a feeling they're not going to make out of this group. Um, but just on this game alone, AC Milan should be running away with this pretty easily. What do you think, Strain? Do you give Celtic much of a chance in this one? See, even if Celtic had won the old firm, I wouldn't have given them much chance in this. Mm. I, I, I said earlier on about I don't think Celtic are very good in Europe under Neil Lennon. And as Cameron said, everybody in that group is unbeaten in their domestic leagues. I think I think an on-form Celtic would struggle against AC Milan. And it's, it's just crazy that we're Celtic not seed one for this group. Yeah. That's that's incredible. It's such a tough group. But um, yeah, I think AC Milan will just have too much for them today. I, th- I think the old firm obviously will have done... That's had a massive hit on their confidence in general. So, yeah, I think I think it'll be an AC Milan victory. 
Taylor, let's get on to Rangers then. I'm sure you said, you said earlier that Steven Gerrard is, is always going to win in Europe. Do you think that's going to be the case tonight when they go to Belgium to play Standard Liège? Um, yes, no, I was confident going into this, but the only reason I'm overconfident is because they've got three players out due to coronavirus, so yep. I'm even more confident. Whether that, I'm hoping the players don't have the confidence I have because that's how we'll get in trouble, but as a fan, I'm actually on it this way. Not hope, I'm going to ask for expectation we just come away with a win. I don't care by the way, in Europe I don't care how we play. We always end up playing pretty well anyway, where you, it's always easy in the eyes, quite good to watch, but I'm always the same, if you just get out with a draw or a, a win when you're away from home then win your home games, you've got to be in good stead. Um, it's quite scary, the fact is the only team that I've actually looked at and went yeah, we're in trouble, it was Leverkusen. Like, and it, it's just, they were Unreal and watching just like Havertz just tear our midfield apart. Glenn Kamara just got made to look like Glenn Kamara, like 50 grand. He, Glenn he, Kamara looked like Tony Cruz. Yeah, like, <laughs> Glenn, Glenn Kamara knocked Cruz. down to Tony Cruz <laughs> level. Like, Havertz just ran ragged and expectedly so. But it's just when you go to the likes of Villarreal, you know, get beat, go to like Porto, beat Braga after being 3 uh, 2 0 down, win 3 2. It's, it's just got to the point where Gerard has a tactic for Europe, and he said this before that they, they tweak it every game. So I'm looking well forward to it, and I'm going to go with a score prediction. I think we'll win two 0 and um, I can see Kamar Roof coming on, uh, getting back to fitness, and probably get a goal. I hope so, considering the form of Alfredo Morelos recently. Um, do you know what? For Mali, can there's been too much chat about the old form of energy sport recently, so let's forget about that a lot. And, and talk a bit about some exciting games in the Scottish Premiership this weekend. Struan, me and you are at war this weekend. Hibs travel sure. to Rugby Park to take on Kilmarnock. Uh, last time out, by all accounts, a pretty good performance by Hibs, but just couldn't quit a goal against Ross County, who were down to 10 for 10 uh, for the final 10 minutes. Uh, do you think they can pick up another win on, on Saturday? Yeah, hopefully. I think they need to get back into back into the swing of things. Can't let the early season form drop away from a, from a poor result. And yeah, I think I think we'll be looking to get Canucks win under their belts again. Come, come on, it's never an easy place to go. To be fair, Rugby Park is not great, but as well with with the game in hand, if Kilmarnock win this, they could be very close to Hibs. Yep. In terms of catching up on the points, and I think it's only seven is it at the moment behind. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yep, seven behind, and then we win this to four game in hand. To, yeah. Yep, and uh, Kelly been really turned it around from the start of the season. That's four wins in their last five. Um, the fact that they picked up a win at Levy was very impressive on Saturday considering the players were just a few days out of isolation, some of them really. Um, a, a dubious penalty you would say to go ahead in that game. And by dubious I mean it was never a penalty. Um, <laughs> and Robin McCrory, who's really surprised me how poor he's been at Levy this season. Uh, Taylor might find that particularly interesting considering his parent club, but I just think Robin McCrory's not performed for Levy at all this year. Uh, the first goal for Kelly, he parries it straight into Arantish Bola's hands, the second one's a penalty, and the third one, he tries to do that thing where instead of a goalkeeper catching it, they sort of bounce it down and then catch it, and then he bounces it straight onto Greg Kelty's foot um, for the third goal. And uh, So it may be a bit fortunate for Kelly, but the fact that they've their form's um, looking so good is definitely a positive after Alex Dyer was under a lot of pressure. Uh, Cameron, what do you think about that bottom of the table clash between St Mirren and Hamilton? Do you think that one's been more impressive than the other at all, or is it kind of just uh, 
downtrodden for the both of them. Uh, I have erased all memory of any of their games this season from That's my mind. It's, it's not worth my time. Um, no, I think when you were saying earlier about the, the managers and whoever loses probably gets a sack, I think you were right. Um, I think this one, it's hard to see Hamilton not winning because it's just what they do. Um, I, I don't know. I think... Neither side's really offered much this season. I don't think either side will. They will both just be scrapping to stay in the division this season. Don't expect any really good football, even if it's the way Goodwin and Rice want to play. Um, I don't know how this one will turn out. I, I would I would put my life on a, a score draw. But, um, yeah, I don't think we'll see any magic against that. I think it'll be a draw. And um, I still think both of them are somehow going to stay up this season, even if it's through the playoffs. Uh, it's just what St. Mirren and Hamilton do, isn't it? Who goes down? Um, I don't know. Would it be harsh to say Livingston? Would that be harsh? Yes, I think it would. You be. Think? I, I think Livy are so f- are are in, not not in that relegation battle, but I think Livy are good enough that they won't be in it coming into the season. I think Aki's St Mirren, Ross County, and St Johnston, and potentially mm. Dundee United all below them. I think I think Dundee United will be okay. I think they're going for a really rough patch, like, but I think they'll be okay. I think they play St Johnston, and both those teams are out of form as well, so. Um, yeah, St John's. I was the one going to go to the next. Like they, at least, have started scoring after whatever happened last week in their game. Was it ended five three? Was it? Yeah, it five, five, two. five yeah. two. Five two. Stevie no, May scored. Like Chris, the nosebleed. He must have got after that game. Um, I don't know. I think Dundee United and St John's will be okay. You're right. Maybe Ross County is a better shout than Livingston. I think I might. I think you've convinced me. I think Ross County will go down. But I still think Hamilton or St Mary will finish eleventh, win their playoff, and the other team will finish tenth. That's just my shout. See, with McNaughty and Shankland, do United have one of the best strike partnerships in the league? Um, See, sometimes though, I feel like because it's such a small division, when we say one of, with like, how much does that mean? Because if if you break that down, ideally, say Griffiths and Edward, I don't know how you pair those up, that's probably better. Merlis and Roof, that's probably better. Dodge and Nisbet, that's better. Brophy and Kabamba? Is that better? Yeah, maybe I'd Arguably. say that's better. I, so, I, th- I think it's between them two, I would say. Yeah, so... United and Kelly. Yeah, probably, you'd say so, yeah. And then Aberdeen are kind of struggle for, for strikers, don't they? So, um, I, 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 it's yet to see what Mark Minot will be like. He was far more disappointed in his second performance, uh, second spell at Hibs last time around, wasn't he, Strud? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bailey's even featured, to be fair. Mm. I think it was within within a Scotland call-up as well, around his first time, but then it just, yeah. they just never came back again the second time. No, it's the same with Jamie McLaren, to be fair. Yeah, interesting that those ones didn't work out because they looked like good signings again for, for Hibs. Taylor, Motherwell are back in action for the first time in what seems like ages. Considering yeah, it's games been three been... weeks and four days. Wow. Like, three weeks and four days since they got Ste- absolutely scud at 5-1. Stephen Robinson must be in for a shout with Marge of the Month because they've, con- they've only conceded those, those co- they've only lost the Rangers this month, I think. Oh, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um but do you think they'll be rusty at all? Because it's kind of a case of those the few players who've played minutes have been the ones who've featured for Scotland, really, or in their international games, and they've not uh, been around for a while. Uh, yeah, I think they will be. Their team as a whole will be a little bit rusty, although they have played numerous bounce games. Uh, I think they've played one against Celtic, another one against Johnston during the international break, and and just basically reserve team games, but. Mm. Uh, Oh, I think uh, you'll have players such as Stephen O'Donnell, Declan Gallagher come back with a little bit of swagger, you'll see, because they did well for Scotland, arguably probably 
one of the better weeks for Scotland for international. So they'll be feeling good about themselves. So hopefully they can project that onto the team. But as a team, that I can see this just being a either it's essentially the season starts back again because they've not played for that long. So mm. it's gonna be very boring considering it's Ross County. But it's, uh, is it Stewart? Is it Ross Stewart? Is their striker uh, Ross yeah. County striker? Yeah, I think he is a phenomenal striker. I generally do. Really I really rate him and the size of him, by the way, for the pace he has. He's, he's really weird, so, isn't he? Because he's big yeah. and gangly and strong, but he's also quick and technically really good. So It I'm goes against what Scott's like Erling Haaland. Yeah, Ross Stewart's like, I've had some, some comparisons <laughs> on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ross Stewart's kind of player in the same, similar mode as Lyndon Dyke, so I can see him doing really well down south, especially in the Championship. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, I can see him causing moral defence problems, but... I can see this either being a really high scoring game since like both defences moral defence is rusty besides not being as good this season, but mm. also Ross County are always a little bit suspect at the back. Aye. So I can either this is gonna be one of the games that's a now now or it's gonna be like a four three thriller. So I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing Moral back in action. Definitely. Well, it's time to see who we're most excited to see in action when we come up with our game of the week to round out the show. Cameron, what's your thoughts? Uh, I feel like we've not had a real hipster shout in a while, so I'm going for Dortmund Schalke. Because I feel Dortmund win this, then possibly a title challenge against probably the best Bayern ever if they can keep it up. And I also want to see Schalke because they are just an absolute disgrace. Who, I think they're like. Who got the Schalke job? I can't remember. I have no idea. Because our, our old pal David Wagner got sacked, didn't he? He yeah. didn't have the best of times in the end, didn't he? I think it was a manual bomb. Yeah, you're right. Manual bomb. But yeah, Schalke are just a disgrace of football club right now. Uh, I don't think we've seen a bigger fall from grace like this quickly without any like financial implications or anything. It's just because mm. they're so bad. So it would be great to see if they bounce back and shock Dortmund because if Dortmund win this, uh, you just need Bayern to slip up once or twice during this congested fixture list and they've got a chance, you know? I so yeah, that's my pick. I doubt it, that's it. Maybe. just adds to it all. And it's uh, I'll forever remember Dortmund Schalke as the first game of elite level football that came back after uh, the restart. I think that'll always I think we'll see that fixture that'll just trigger the happy memories of of seeing football again after that long break. When when the Norwegian Ross Stewart scored a goal. And when the Norwegian Ross Stewart <laughs> scored the goal. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, Taylor, on you go, please. Compare um, Livy, who are they playing? I don't even, Livy Rangers to El Clasico or something, on you go. Oh, uh, I don't think Livy Rangers will live up to the expectations of a massive Fulham Crystal Palace game, because that's got goals written all over it. Only kidding. Um, I'm not going to take, I think I know which students he's going to be, because I was considering it, so I'm not going to actually take that, but I'm actually, I'm excited for Aberdeen Celtic. I think that's a massive game when you come, mm. if you think about it in Scotland terms. Celtic probably going to be after the back of a um, scudding in the Premiership the week before, scudding in midweek off of a dominant AC Milan side. And pro- so they'll be wanting to get back to win ways and they'll win and probably need to win. And considering they play Aberdeen like twice in the next week, is it? Because they've got, you know, last season's Scottish Cup still going ahead. Mm-hmm. Don't know why that's happening, but. Uh, you've got that still. You wouldn't be saying that up. Rangers were still in it, but on you go. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'd, be, I'd be all for it, but like, here we go, let's let's be having it. But Aberdeen, will they 
do one on Celtic. They've got a horrendous record against Celtic, and Derek Kinister seems to bottle it when it comes to Celtic. But it's at Pataudry. It's They stand a real good chance. Johnny Hayes come back to face his former side. Uh, Watkins for Aberdeen's looking like a really good uh, absolute coup. Uh, Ryan Hedges, also another player I really like the look of. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, bring on the weekend because I am going to be looking forward to probably Stroon's game of the weekend. On you go then, Stroon, and if you could make it fairly quick because I have just got a notification that my laptop's at 5%. Well, my game of the week I don't <laughs> think is, is, is going to be that. I'm actually picking Aston Villa versus Leeds United. No! <laughs> because... <laughs> Aston Villa, top of the Premier League at the moment. They're in incredible form. I think Leeds United are such a fun team to watch at the moment. Yeah. And I think I think the two of them in the in the current form will be a very it should be a very entertaining game. You know, in the, in the same weekend in the Premier League that Chelsea Man United's on, which I think was the game Taylor was referring to. I'm personally not feeling optimistic about that. But I, th- I think Aston Villa leads to be a really good game, and it's Friday night. And I, I'm amazed none of us so far have said El Clasico because personally, I think that's going to be a really bad game. I think it's going to be that's an classic. awful El Clasico. Yeah, I'm actually not surprised yeah, I went to El Clasico, yeah, but um, three o'clock on on Saturday, so that'll be an interesting one. Um, and I, I don't. We need to double, reinforce the rules of, of game of the week because my thinking has always been that it's anything that happens in between now and the next show. So for me, Juventus Barcelona would probably be my game of the week because that takes place on Wednesday evening. Um, there's a there's a rumour on Twitter that Ronaldo is going to be out for that game. Well, it's, with his positive COVID yeah, test. Yeah, it's, it's Villa Leeds. Okay, it's Leeds then. Was <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that Friday night, did you say, Strand? Yeah, Friday night Same time as our broker, Eight o'clock. Mrs. Hearts on, on oh, uh, BBC oh, Scotland. Cameron, so. what one are you watching? Has to be. Hearts. 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 To see if you get I personally don't think big, I could big use Bobby Lynn the... as well for our broth. Oh, what a team we're playing! What a team we're playing! I need to decide what's going to be game of the week now, and I don't know. Well, it's hard for our broth because I forgot about it. So, say <laughs> <laughs> Hibs Killer, there's, the there's an energy rivalry going on there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we always put Celtic games in our game of the week, and I don't know why. It's because it, Celtic are really interesting this season. I don't care about Erlen Haaland ripping <laughs> that absolute rotten Lost Schalke defence apart. Keep you seven. Ross Stewart playing his moral. I don't give a that. Um, <laughs> no, he's playing against Schalke. Oh, aye. Um, <laughs> I'll go. Decide and pick, Aberdeen Celtic is going to be my game of the week. Can Celtic get back to to winning ways um, in the Premiership? But it's a tough game at the Tory. That was Mother's. That was Mother. Uh, pick. Fair enough. It's a good fair enough. And I'll see if. Ross McCrory is can keep it up because I think he's been arguably one of the best players in the Premiership this season. Lewis Ferguson as well has been fantastic. Scored that absolute cracker against Aki's on Tuesday night. So, Considine as well for international purposes. Absolutely, absolutely. So our energy sport, energy sport. What, what shows this? Energy extra time game of the week is Aberdeen versus Celtic on Sunday at twelve o'clock at Pitodre. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Energy Extra Time. We'll do this really quickly because my battery's really low. Um, thanks very much for listening. Uh, please subscribe uh, so the podcast appears in your feed automatically. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ENRG Extra Time. Thanks to Strun Garvey, Taylor Murray, Cameron Monso for joining me. I've been Sean McGill. Thank you very much. See you, bye. <laughs> 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 That's like the terms and conditions. <laughs> 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 <laughs>